0: rather be happy he is setting forth a duty not making a suggestion however we never think of happiness in this way when we are unhappy we think it is impossible to decide by an act of the will to change our feelings we tend to think of happiness as something passive something that happens to us and over which we have no control it is involuntary Yes, we desire it and want to experience it, but we are convinced that we cannot create it by an act of the will. Oddly, McFerrin sounds very much like the New Testament when he commands his listeners to be happy. Over and over again in the pages of the New Testament, the idea of joy is communicated as an imperative, as an obligation. Based on the biblical teaching... I would go so far as to say that it is the Christian's duty, his moral obligation, to be joyful. That means that the failure of a Christian to be joyful is a sin. That unhappiness and a lack of joy are, in a certain way, manifestations of the flesh. Of course, there are times when we are filled with sorrow. Jesus himself was called a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 3 The scriptures tell us it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2a Even in the sermon on the mount Jesus said, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted." Matthew chapter 5 verse 4 Given that the Bible tells us it is perfectly legitimate to experience mourning sorrow, and grief. These feelings are not sinful. However, I want you to see that Jesus' words could be translated as, joyful are those who mourn. How could a person be in mourning and still be joyful? Well, I think we can unravel that not fairly easily. The heart of the New Testament concept is this. A person can have biblical joy even when he is mourning, suffering, or undergoing difficult circumstances. This is because the person's mourning is directed toward one concern. But in that same moment, he possesses a measure of joy. I'll have more to say about that in the next chapter. How can we rejoice always? In his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul speaks about joy and about the Christian's duty to rejoice over and over again. For example, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Chapter 4, verse 4a. Four this is one of those biblical imperatives, and it leaves no room for not rejoicing. For Paul says Christians are to rejoice always, not sometimes, periodically, or occasionally. He then adds, Again, I will say, rejoice. Verse 4b. Paul wrote this epistle from prison, and in it he addresses very somber matters, such as the possibility that he will be martyred, poured out as a sacrifice, chapter 2, verse 17. Yet he tells the Philippian believers that they should rejoice despite his circumstances. That brings us back to this matter of how we can be joyful as a matter of discipline or of the will. How is it possible to remain joyful all the time? Paul gives us the key. Rejoice in the Lord always. The key to the Christian's joy is its source, which is the Lord. If Christ is in me and I am in him, that relationship is not a sometimes experience. The Christian is always in the Lord, and the Lord is always in the Christian. And that is always a reason for joy. Even if the Christian cannot rejoice in his circumstances, if he finds himself passing through pain, sorrow, or grief, he still can rejoice in Christ. We rejoice in the Lord. And since He never leaves us or forsakes us, we can rejoice always. Since joy is a fruit of the Spirit, our sanctification is displayed not only by our love, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth, but by our joy. See Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. We must not forget that the fruit